um, just to clarify, you know, whenever you hear, uh, could someone close that back door? Because I'm starting to feel like the storm's still kicking off and I'm getting warm. I don't like that. There we go. That's great. Okay. Um, just to clarify, whenever you hear um, people use a term like Martha did, like he's going to pour out his anointing, that's Christianese for, for God's going to empower this person to do this. That's all it means, okay? Because what we believe about God's kingdom is that there aren't, more, there aren't people who are filled more with God's spirit, okay? Based on how you live or what you do. That there is, when we become a believer, we are filled with the Holy Spirit to the max. That he lives within, within us and that we don't earn more of him. But there are times when God empowers us in greater ways to function in unique ways in his body. I just want to clarify that because I'm talking about mission this week. And, I, and, uh, and, and specifically about individual mission. Next week I'll be turking, talking, turking, I'll be talking more about uh, our mission as a church, uh, what it means to be a missional church um, in very specific ways. Uh, but this week what I wanted to talk about was, you know, individually what does mission look like? And I think that there are several things as I was praying about this. I mean, there's so much material on missions right now that's floating, being a missional church, being a missional person that's floating around in the Christian culture uh, that is just scary. And, and I'm going to try to hopefully point out for you uh, what it means to be missional as an individual. But also, as I was praying about this, I thought, you know, what are the things that really prevent us from being God's missionaries, prevent us from going out like Greg did and, and, and kind of stepping out and risking and, um, and, and, and I want to talk about some of that today. Um, you know, last week I said that uh, missions, it's not a program that the church runs. It's a lifestyle chosen to live by those who follow Jesus. That missions is not a lifestyle that, um, that is, uh, you know, that, I mean, <laughs> missions is not a program that the church is going to run. We're not going to have a, a missions program, a missions week, or a missions Sunday. That really, to be a missional church, it begins with the reality that you choose to be missional in your lifestyle. That you choose to take on and to, to do what Jesus did. And, uh, you know, Paul, in the song that we wrote, the, the latest song that we sang today, Sing It Out, you know, one of the ways that God confirms that this is a path that we're supposed to be on right now is that he often raises up things within our worship leaders that we begin to sing. The songs today were all about mission, about God reaching into our lives, God not letting go of us, in the midst of trouble that he saves us. And the words of Paul's song just really stuck out to me. And again, um, you know, we'll sing it out, our Redeemer lives. We'll shout that he is good and tell the world of all that he has done. Sing it loud, let our praise ring out. Join the earth, let the world resound. Let everything that has breath Praise his name. Spirit, come fill us up. Come and send us out. That we would seek the lost and see their hearts return to you. That we would know your ways and we would walk in faith. And we would live our lives to see your kingdom on this earth. What a great song about mission. You know, and, and Paul, again, as he's begun to lead us, you know, let's have the baby. They've kind of switched roles. And uh, he had never written worship music before and he started leading he's written several songs now and lex you know when she was leading the church was writing a lot of worship songs talking to us that we would begin to embrace a reality 
of a season that we're in. And not that we're, that we're coming into and that we're going to go out of, but a reality of really one of the things that separates us as a church is that we desire to not be confined by these walls or to be identified only by what we do on Sunday morning. And I thought, you know, when people come to River City Church, what do they experience first, you know, for these visitors that have come this morning? You know, some of your response probably might be, gosh, they're casual. I really like that. I don't have to dress up, and I like the worship, and, um, you know, everyone's really nice. But I will say this, and this is true about us as missionaries. There's a whole lot more to who we are that you don't see. There's more to me than what you know, good and bad. Doesn't disqualify me or disqualify you based on what we do or who we are or what is unseen. But that there is also something about a reality that there is more to other people than what we also understand and see. Because when I thought about missions, individual missions, I thought, well, why don't we do more of it? And I think that the two things is that people feel like they're disqualified, like, who am I to do missions? You know, if you knew what I struggle with in the dark, you know, you wouldn't want me to do missions. If you knew the way I treated kids, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want me to do missions. If you knew, if you knew, you know, the way I spent my money or how much money I made or, or you know, the way I treated my wife, you wouldn't want me to do missions. I mean, that, that's one area that prevents us. And I'm going to talk about that today because the enemy loves to use those tactics to, disqual- to make you feel disqualified so you don't risk. The other thing is that I think we judge people. <laughs> I think we created this us and them mentality in the church. And, and, and it's like we are God's chosen people, and he loves us more than he loves the people in the world. And so, well, I just don't know how much I want to engage with those people, or I should engage with those people. And yet last week I said, you know, Jesus' words were, your kingdom, the kingdom of God is within you, is what he says. The kingdom of God is within you. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him. And I, and I talked about whenever you go into somebody's life, into their house, have lunch with them, you bring the presence of Christ into that environment. When we visit our friends or our strangers or we deliver pizzas to guys, we bring the presence of Jesus Christ. And there's not this us and them mentality. It was never created to be that way. Oh, but Antley, what about this verse to talk about God's kingdom opposing the kingdom of the world? That the gates of Hades will never overcome his kingdom. What about, you know, believing that I'm supposed to be in the world but not of the world? Well, we take that verse and we kind of like, well, we're just here to get by and have as little sin rub, on up, rub off on us as possible. And so we avoid the world altogether, labeling it bad or evil or not good. And really what you're doing is you're labeling God's creation as evil and not good. When we say things like that, or we look at people that way. Yeah, God, I know I'm created in your image, but whoa, that other person? Well, I just don't think there's much of you in there. So I'm going to avoid them. Well, Antley, what about the church being called out of the world and that, that Greek word, ekklesia, that we see thrown around when we start talking about church and community? Well, that was never God's intention about us being called out of the world at the expense of people encountering the kingdom. 
you know, before I get any further, I want to say this, that if you're a visitor, some of the language I'll use today, hopefully, in your mind, will not compromise um, the, the traditional gospel, the gospel that, that, that we are separated from the world. You know, the, the reality that we are a new creation, the oldest God and the newest come, that we are no longer like people who don't follow and know Jesus, because we are different. You know, last week I talked, I beat up angels pretty bad, and I'm sorry for that. I love angels, you know, I said some things about angels that, uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing in the spiritual world, but we know that they're our friends and that they are working with us to move the kingdom of God forward. So I'm, a, I'm sorry about that. I'm also sorry if, if you misunderstood my understanding when I started talking about scripture. And, you know, I, I quoted some Bible verses and said that, that, uh, that you know, um, that those are taken out of context. That my intention was not in any way to downplay the relevance of scripture. You know, at River City Church, we believe that the word of God grounds us, that we are grounded in the word of God, and we are led by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if I did offend you, you don't know me. The only way you could come to those conclusions is if you were a visitor. Okay, because you know that that's not what I think. That's not what I believe. So I'm, I apologize if I offended anyone last week. But the reality is, is that to be missional in our approach, we have to be led by the Spirit. And so there are no formulas. I'm not going to give you any formulas today, okay? But I do want to bring issue with this reality that we've created. The church has created the barrier. The church has created the barrier with the lost, with the people who are not in the church. I mean, even when we sing songs like, you know, better is one day in your house than anywhere else, any, any days elsewhere. It's kind of like, Oh, it's great to be in church in heaven. I don't want to be out in that icky world where it's messy and junky. I mean, oh, one day with you is better than out there. I mean, I love that song. I know that Matt, whenever he was writing that, I mean, my heart and my flesh cry out for you, the living God. There's great things about that song. So don't be writing me emails this week about blaspheming the song, better is one day in your course, because I love this song. But it does communicate a false reality that somehow things in here are better than things out there. Because if we're honest, we know the divorce rate in here is the same as the divorce rate out there. We know the atrocities and the evils created by people in here are as great as the atrocities and the evil and the wrong that's out there. So yes, better is one day in your course than thousand. If we understand that the court, that Jesus has come to bring life here, the kingdom of God is within us. And being a part of his kingdom, his kingdom within us, is better than a gajillion days without him. I started thinking when I was going to bed at 4.30 in the morning last night when my electricity kicked on. I was so excited. I did a dance. But um, I was going to bed. I was thinking. I was thinking about why, why do I, because I do this just like you do. I, I judge people all the time based on their economic status or where they live or this or that and the other. And I'm thinking, the Lord's speaking to me. Electricity is the great equalizer among his people now. It shows. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this, and I started thinking back to um, just back in my life, kind of like five years at a time. Where was I five years ago? Where was I ten years ago? Thinking all the way back, and the Lord brought me back to when I wasn't a believer. And, and I was a kid, and I remember thinking how evil I was. As a kid could be, I was evil. Trust me. I mean, I lived for myself, and I mistreated women, and I lied, and I stole, and I vandalized, and I drove drunk, and I did all these things. That's why Cole shouldn't be in here, honey. (laughs) 
He's like the governor now, on what I can say. And I did all these things, and I thought, and I just thought, that, like the Lord said, the reason you judge other people, Antley, is that you have forgotten where I met you. What if we all just took a moment, a minute, and thought back to what we were like before we met Jesus? Do that right now. I want you to close your eyes. Think back to your most evil things, the darkest things that you've done, the hurt that you've caused other people. Okay, that's enough. Go away, get away, get out of there. But, but when we do that, it's easy. It's easy to go back to that place, isn't it? Because it's along with God's nature, this, our sinful nature is woven into us still. And we are no different in here than what's going on out there. And we are, again, we're saved. We're part of God's kingdom. We're forgiven. We're on the path of being made righteous like Jesus Christ. And other people aren't. We spend all of our time trying to get to heaven when heaven has come down to earth and made his home in us. And so in our efforts, this is what we think about mission or evangelism. In our efforts to try and save people, get them to heaven, we talk to people like we're trying to convince them to go to Disney, Disneyland with us. I mean, think about it. Oh, you've got to become a Christian. Heaven's going to be awesome. And people look at us like, do you not understand the stress of my life, the junk that I have going on, my busyness? And so we try a little harder. Dude, no, you don't understand. God's going to take all that away when you get to heaven. And we start pulling them. You know, and we start convincing them about this place, this other place that we're, we're trying to get to also, by the way. But we're on our way. And you need to come with us. The rides are going to be great. It's going to be amazing. You're going to run and not grow weary. There's going to be like flowing honey and milk. Like, that's great. You know, I choose a Ruth Chris steak over that. I mean, and we talk about these things that we've read in the Bible, like somehow they're going to convince people, okay, yeah, I'll go, let's go. Uh, Jesus, I accept you tomorrow. I mean, and then if they really don't want to come, we're like, well, I'm going to have to tell you about the other place that you're going to go. And it's more like the fair. We got to pay for every ride. You got to watch your kids the whole time. It's just not that fun. You want to go to Disneyland with me, so come on. I mean, has that ever worked? Have you ever done everything you can? You're like, dude, you're swinging over hell on a rotten vine. Do you really want to burn? And people are like, oh, that, that does it. I'm on board. Let's go. That doesn't work. You know, my dad, um, he's he's been dead for a few years now and um i remember i was on a, and some of you heard me say this before i was on a sailing trip with him he wasn't a believer and uh we were making the crossing across the uh, the uh gulf stream and um i remember we were talking to him and um about about you know heaven and about being a christian and stuff like that i was like dad you know heaven is going to be amazing i was just like this. i mean i was like the evangelist kid in college and uh and he said, son, I said, you're going to live forever. It's going to be great. Da, da, da. He's like, I have had so much pain in this life. Why would I want to have an eternity with it? 
That was his response. I've suffered so much in this life. Why would I ever want to be alive forever and to continue that suffering? That was his response to that. And that's what people are thinking, by the way, when you start to talk them in to going to heaven. In their life and in their heart and in their mind is a reality that they don't need to hear about what's going to be. They need solutions for now. They need to experience the kingdom of heaven here in you now if we are serious about being missional. If we believe the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is within us, that Jesus, that Jesus lives within us, then mission or evangelism is not about telling people about a place they will go. It is about showing them what heaven looks like now. Missions is not about forelawing people about what is to come. That's Christianese for telling them about heaven and the danger that they're in. That's not how we do mission. That's not how God did mission. That's not how you were probably rescued. God can use that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but that's not the model that we have in Jesus Christ. The model that we have in Jesus Christ is come and live like me and experience life to the full. And so as missionaries, you see the hurdle that we have to get over about believing who we really are and what we really have to offer? Because if we don't believe we have the kingdom of God within us, then we will never tell anybody to live like Jesus. Look at me and come and find life to the full. That's a scary thought, isn't it? That's mission. And it's not having all the right answers. It's not living in all the perfect ways. It's following Jesus, offering grace, offering love, offering mercy, walking alongside of people in the midst of life. I told you last week I was going to tell you a story about the Wizard of Oz. I'm just going to remind you about it. I had to like read like a Cliff Notes version of it, you know, just to kind of catch up on it because I've forgotten it about like all the details of it and stuff. But I read a quote in this book called The Forgotten Ways, and I'm reading this book, and he talks about the story of the Wizard of Oz. And he says, the stories of four people, I'm just going to remind you, I'm sorry if you know the story, but basically Dorothy and the dog Toto got transported by tornado into this land, okay? And she wants to go home. And Gilda, the good witch of the north, tells her to go. That's why I said Glinda. <laughs> I told you I haven't read it. Come on. I saw the same letters pretty much. Glinda, the good witch of the north, tells her to consult the wizard who lives in Emerald City, and he will help you. So she also tells her to follow the yellow brick road, and on her way, she finds and picks up three companions, okay? The scarecrow who wants brains, the tin man who wants a heart, and a cowardly lion who wants some courage. And along their way, they encounter the wicked witch of the West. That's right, West. Okay, just checking. But, but they finally make it to the Emerald City. But when they get to the Emerald City, what happens? Wizards, a hoax. No hope for them there. 
So they get there, they're discouraged, they're leaving, and the witch, perceiving the magic that's in Dorothy's slippers, attacks them with her little, with her little mob of evil people. And in, in an effort to get the magic or whatever, and in one last battle, they overcome the witch, overcome the evil, and end up liberating all of Oz. But what they discover in all of their ordeals and that last battle is that is what they were looking for all the time they already had. That the scarecrow actually was very clever. The tin man, in the midst of those struggles, lived and acted like he had real heart. And that the lion, in the midst of danger, was very courageous and brave after all. What if we really believed that everyone outside of these walls and the evil people in these walls had something locked inside of them that they didn't know they had? And our only job was to walk with them through this journey of life and allowing God opportunity to release that within them. That's really what missions is. Walking with people believing that God, that there's God wrapped up in there somewhere, even though we can't see it. Walking with them through the journey of life and allowing God to come in and release that which is already there. You know, the great show, I love this show, CSI, teaches us this great principle. That the first law of forensics is that every single point of contact leaves a trace of evidence. Every single point of contact will leave some kind of evidence. And folks, because every single one of you, every single person that's ever been created in all of the world has been touched by the creator, every single person has evidence within them that is good, that God loves them, that they have value because of that. That his image resides in each of us. And so it should motivate us and create a reality that that's what I bring. Not my brokenness, not my junk. That comes along and God redeems that along the way too. I'm not going to talk about this week. But what people experience, and I said this last week, when they experience you, what they get excited about is, is experience, experiencing Jesus. Every person reflects the image of God. Our God our job is to find, to see, to love, to walk with, and tease and pull that out of them. But we are no different than them. They are no different from us in that respect. Each of us capable of great evil and great good when empowered by Christ. So the first step in being missional is this. Believing, first, just believing Believing that, that everyone is created in the image of God. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that everyone ever created, the most evil people, were created in the image of God? The people on, in your neighborhood that you can't stand, the people that bother you the most, the people that have hurt you, that have crushed you, that have caused brokenness in your life, do you at least believe that there is God inside of them somewhere? 
and that creates value in them. And the second thing, I said the first step. Here's the second thing in the first step. Understanding that the work of mission is not about getting people saved by telling them how great heaven will be. It's about showing them what God's kingdom looks like in everyday life, warts included. And again, but Antley, Jesus was always drawing this distinction between us and them, it seemed like. I just want to read this scripture, and now I'm going to end because we're out of time. But I want to read this and just say a quick word about it. This is Matthew 13, 24 to, 20 to 33, and this is Jesus talking about his kingdom. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds would all, appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them, the weeds? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, which are the angels, our friends, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is, is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, It is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. And then he told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened or evened out. This is the point of these messages, these passages. When asked to separate Jesus, do you want us to live differently apart from the weeds? Do you want us to separate the weeds? What's his response? No. I want the weeds and the wheat to live together. I want them to live life together, to grow together, to be fed together. Same community, same neighborhoods, same schools. Christian culture is weeds and wheat together. Sinners and righteous together. Good and bad together. The tree from the mustard seed is a reference to Ezekiel 17. Where birds represent the Gentile nations. All of the world offered refuge in the kingdom of God. Not just the nation of Israel. And that with the leaven. The desire of Jesus is for the leaven. Which is the kingdom of God. To be worked out in the flower. In all of the flower which is the world. Very clear messages from Jesus about how we are to live as people of the kingdom, not avoiding, not going to say, not going to point fingers, not going to judge other people, but to live alongside and love in the midst of all that is happening around us. And I'm not going to tell you a formula again about what this looks like for you and your family. 
and for your kids and what school they go to and they homeschool and they do this. I mean, that's between you and God. I talked earlier. It's not as easy as just reading the Bible and finding the answers. You have to be led by the Spirit. We're grounded in the Word of God, but you're not going to open it up and find, don't homeschool. Live among the weeds. You're not going to find that. Should every Christian kid go to private schools? No, because then in the public schools, there wouldn't be any light. So then we should all go to public schools? No. That's between you and God. That's your journey with God, being led by the Spirit. There are no easy answers about mission. It is messy, like marriage. It is painful at times. And you get it wrong, but that's okay. That's okay. But the overarching principle I want to talk about today is that we are called to live and to love in the world, not apart from the world. It is not our job to say to the weeds who the weeds and the weed are. I mean, I think that that's on purpose because we probably would be, we'd get it wrong. How do you know you're not a weed? There he goes. That's what we can go home thinking about. Hear emails this week. You call me a weed, you mother. No, I didn't. You know, I'm saying that's up to Jesus. We're called to love, grace, and mercy. We're all like Dorothy. This is my closing paragraph, and it's a little cheesy, but bear with me. We are all, this just fit perfectly, though. Everything I got, just I'll tell you, is from that book, Forgotten Ways, and there's a, a YouTube deal, a guy, a guy named Frost. You can go look it up. This whole sermon's from there, okay? We are all like Dorothy. I came up with this, though. We're all like Dorothy, all on a journey trying to get home. We just need to love and care for people God places on our path along the way. Help them to experience the kingdom that is within us. In doing so, they will discover Christ that is in them. And we will discover what it looks like to be the kingdom of God, to bring heaven to this earth. Let's all stand. Let's move um, just those first four rows of chairs to the side.